Today is Wednesday, January 10th, 2024, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast with host Nate Cunningham. Oh my goodness. Okay, so our first topic's good. We talk about forgiveness. Our second topic is okay, where we talk about different catechisms and Catholicism and different Protestant denominations. And then our third topic goes back to the first topic, which uh, Steph and Chris, oh good lord, the drama with Christians, these two in particular, continues. There is zero chill. Um, they just cannot coexist in the same place at the same time for the foreseeable future. So, um, prayers all around. That'd be great. Do that. Help us out. Um, anyway, so for whatever reason, they're they just not having it. Um, so maybe they need to check out the first topic again. Anyway, I get it. It's not always easy to coexist or get along with people who you've had uh, issues with and maybe there's been misunderstandings that just compounded the issue and uh, whatever but anyway um, you know no one's perfect we all sin and we all do need forgiveness so hopefully these two can work out their issues at some point because I'm sick of trying to work out this weird reverse shared custody deal where I can only talk to each of them separately because they can't be in the same place together. Anyway, then we talk about the Jewish New York tunnels underground to get to their synagogues during, I guess, COVID, apparently. So join us for these topics and more, and check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon, which explains how to have conversations uh, civilly with people who are not always so civil. Uh, remind me to give Steph and Chris a copy. <clears throat> so you can also check out the Ask a Christian store, grab some merchandise, and support this podcast where we try to civilly share the gospel with people online. Good Lord, is it becoming more difficult? Your help and prayers are appreciated. So, take care, have an awesome day, and we will see you later. Goodbye. Sure, yeah, and I wasn't, I wasn't looking at chat, but yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Um, yeah, I wonder if this is coming off the heels, like you need like some official forgiveness because of the chat they were in um, where someone may see you need to confess to another man or at a certain place or a certain way and like do some sort of thing, um, which I mean, you know, works versus faith. You don't do. It's a free gift. Uh, redundant, but it is a gift that is free. Um, no, you don't need to do any of that. Forget all that nonsense. Like have remorse for what you did. Pray to Jesus for forgiveness. Um, Pray for help not to repeat that same thing. But yes, it's as simple as regretting it, repenting, you know, turn away from the thing you know you shouldn't be doing. And it's a repentance of heart, too. So, I mean, um, I'd actually like to hear what someone else has to say about that in a minute. But, you know, if I do something I know is a sin and I shouldn't be doing, I'm like, ah, oh, Lord, forgive me for that. I'm sorry. Yes, I regret that. I repent of that. Um, yes, forgive me. Um, but then there's also, so anyway, that, that's it in a nutshell. Like you do something, you're like, ah, I shouldn't have done that. Lord, forgive me. Um, then, so that's it. So if you ever are confused, go back to that. Oh, Jesus, forgive me for that. Help me not to do that again. I'm sorry for that. And you like feel remorse. Um, but then there's like the theological academic side of that where it's like, well, do you technically need to pray for forgiveness every single time? Because when Christ died on the cross, that was he died once for all time. So if you're in Christ, then he already knows and paid for the sin you're going to do 20 years from now, so you're already forgiven. Um, but again, that's like the, the theological academic kind of thing, so it's not going to hurt. You do something wrong, it's like, oh, Lord, forgive me. Um, consider to, if you don't think you technically need to ask forgiveness for every single sin, because whenever you came to Christ the first time, you've already been forgiven for every single thing you've ever done, are doing, and will do, um, 
consider it a humbling experience. I don't know. Keep your heart malleable and towards God. Um, there's no reason to like turn your nose up and be like, oh, I just beat my wife. I don't need to ask forgiveness. God has already forgiven me. Anyway, so, so what do you think about that, Chris? Who's gone again? Okay, never mind. I'll just keep talking. Um, but I hope that helps. So no matter what your theological bent is, if like, you know, Christ died once and you were forgiven, so you never need to ask forgiveness again, or every single, every single time you sin, you specifically need to ask forgiveness, which by the way, that won't work because how many sins do we do that is just, you aren't aware of like unintentional sins. Um, but anyways, no, I, for me, uh, when I do something, I'm like, oh crap, I shouldn't have done that. Yes, I feel bad about that. I'm like, oh Lord, forgive me. And you know, help me to help me to do better next time. Help me to learn from this. Help me to not do it again. Um, let's see. Let me look at chat now. But yeah, if someone tries telling you something like you need to confess a, a man or you need to do like, you know, certain recited prayers or something like that, that is a bunch of nonsense. And I'll push back that push back on that all day long. Um, Chris, is your clubhouse sorted out? I think so. Oh, all right. It's like jacked heard, up. Heard that. I'm about to call it a sign, but yeah. Did you hear any of that? What do you think about that? Do you have anything to add? No, I mean, you know, First Peter two twenty four. He bore our sins in his body on the cross. So when uh, when you uh, you know when you kick your little puppy across the room, um, do you say, "Ah, oh, Lord, forgive me for that," or do you think that don't matter, Fido? I'm already forgiven. My, first of all, my puppy's name is Steph. And uh, second of all, um, that's how things like this happen, Chris. <laughs> uh, and second of all, um, yeah, no, you, but you're not repenting and asking forgiveness for justification. Um, but you are living a lifestyle of repentance, even though you're already regenerated. Like, you know, we, again, we don't have to, to ask forgiveness for sins, but we do, the, the Bible does say, confess your sins one to another, right? So there is that. So if you're living in a covenant community, you should have people that you can trust, um, that are discipling you, that you can talk to about your struggles and your sins. Um, and uh, that's tough to do, you know? Um but yeah, I mean, everything you said is correct. Like we're not we're not getting forgiveness for our sins for, you know, every day. What we're doing is we're living a lifestyle of repentance. And one of the things that will mark a true believer is true repentance. Yeah, and, and also, I mean, I, I agree with what you said too. Like, you know, you, you I mean, you will confess your sins one to another, like it says. But also, that doesn't mean every single thing. There's not enough hours in the day. Well, well <laughs> maybe not everyone is well, me. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I mean, it's like you've got sins of omission. You don't know what you know. There's a whole bunch of sins that you do every day, and you didn't even know that you did them. Like you know, because God is so holy, and He's so different than us, and He's so apart from us, um, and His law is so holy that like we can't possibly know every commandment that we break all the time. Like it's impossible. Yeah. So. And, and yeah, uh, talk about that a little bit, though, like the, the life of repentance, because, I mean, you know, the word literally means turn and go the other direction. So it's like, uh, where, where do you draw the line? Like, um, I mean, I guess ultimately God is the judge. Right. But if someone is like, uh, I don't know, they're, they're doing something that um, the Bible clearly calls as a sin. 
and it's like habitual at this point. But every time I do it, they're like, oh, no, oops, I got to try again. Oh, no, oops, try again. Clearly, they are not turning and going the other direction because every day they find themselves caught in the same thing. Um, and, yeah, wh where would you like Venn diagram that between like, you know, um, willful disobedience, habitual sin, um, like legit addiction? Um, like sin that someone has got so deep that they need, um, you know, an act of God or medical science to get them away from like, I don't know, compulsive lying or um, kleptomania or stealing or something like that. Um, is that the life of repentance? So they, they want to do good, even though they clearly are not turning and going the other direction. It is a gradual process that's hopefully getting better and better and it's not immediate or yeah, talk about that if yeah. you will. I mean, it's not immediate, and it's a lifestyle of repentance, because that is literally what sanctification is called, becoming more like Christ. All of us do grievous sin every single day, uh, every one of us. And, you know, our lifestyle of repentance and bringing that stuff to Jesus is just is an earmark of the believer. I mean, look at the life of David. David was called a man after God's own heart, and why was that? It was because he had a lifestyle of repentance. Yeah, I don't know if Sean's still on the phone or not, but he posts in chat. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a great one. John, uh, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If someone tries, and, you know, we should confess to our brothers, one another, that's like small small groups or helps or, you know, whatever discipleship or whoever you have as a mentor or whatever, um, other people, a support group, uh, that's definitely, you should do that and, you know, confess your struggles so people can help help you, right? Like iron sharpens iron. But if someone tries to take First uh, John 1, 9 and say, well, if we confess our sins and then they turn that into you must confess to a man in order to be forgiven, um, yeah, that's that's all kinds of wrong. So, no, you oh, confess. That's a totally to, issue, yeah, yeah, so so you confess, uh, you confess to your mediator, Jesus. Like, that's who you confess to. Confess to God, repent to God. Uh, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us all unrighteousness. Um, so I threw that in there, Chris, because we're bridging the gap, um, getting back to Catholic stuff and um, Calvinist stuff <laughs> from yesterday. The uh, the catechism It was weird because every time I hear catechism, catechism, I think, uh, first of all, weird word, um, but it's like tied to the Catholic church. And then I guess like a couple like, very, very close Protestant denominations that rub up right against the Catholic Church, <laughs> like uh, Lutherans and I guess Presbyterians and some Methodists. But besides that, like I have Reformed, Reformed Baptists, like 1689 churches have the catechism but, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like so like the wider Protestant denominations, like the majority of them. Like, don't have anything like that. But, I mean, I'm wondering, I, yeah. I mean, this has to be, like, one of the um, Arminian Calvin things, where it's like the end result is basically the same. People just fight about how to get there, um, and, and the end result being saved in heaven. Um, but oh, for catechism, okay. it's like, for, for the end result, it's like, you know, the, the catechism versus not catechism people. The end result has got to be the same, which is, you know, discipleship and knowing what you believe and why you believe it and confessions of faith. Um, but it's the way to get there. And I started off thinking like it was more like the catechism people and, uh, and the, like you people, like the reformed people put a really, really heavy emphasis on like the intellectual, like scholarship and academics um, with uh, with like a less emphasis on like the um, touchy feely spiritual side. And it's like the flip side of that is 
the other people put more heavy emphasis on like, you know, being in, in tune with like the spiritual side of things and then maybe less, uh, less importance on academia. But again, it's, it's just different sides of the same coin. So like if you, if it's like 60, 40 or 75, 25 or some kind of 70, 30 split, um, it's like the spiritual people are like, well, yeah, we're not ignorant. We, we've read some books. It's just like we really focus on like, you know, prayer, worship, the spirit. Um, but yeah, we know what we believe, why we believe it. We've read the Bible. We know this stuff um, versus, and then I'll end with this, like your side, the reform side is like, well, yeah, of course we believe the spiritual side, but, you know, knowing what you believe and is really important. That's why we read more books than anyone on earth. And we constantly study this and like commit these things to memory. But yeah, we don't discount the spiritual stuff. Of course, you know, miracles happen. Jesus was raised from the dead. A spiritual relationship is important. That's that's kind of how I uh, I see it. You want to correct yeah, me? I or? Mean, no, I mean, like, look, a lot of our modern evangelical churches in America are coming from the Restorationist movement. The Restorationist movement rejected education large scale. And then that was reinforced by the emergence of 19th century criticism around the turn of the century of the 20th century. And so then they doubled down on that. So you've got like um, whole swaths of people. This is where the quote unquote fundamentalist um, pejorative comes from. And I'm happy to be called a fundamentalist. I'm called a fundy all the time. Um, but the idea of fundamentalism was that we're going to just reject anything in study outside of like the basics of the gospel. So we're not going to talk about doctrine of God. We're not going to talk about like any of these other things that are like, you know, a little more, a little more complex because the academics were specifically attacking the gospel and Christianity. And so it was an overcorrection against any type of intellectual input into the life of Christians from most of the major what are called evangelical denominations now because the because you know what the people who were super into the current trend in academia don't have churches anymore because they're dead and they they died and blew away in the wind like you know all of these like mainline churches you know like you mentioned like presbyterian methodist you know, these Northern Baptists, like all these folks, um, because they doubled down on whatever the current academia was, they they killed their churches because their churches just like all the believers left. Because when you start saying like, yeah, Moses didn't write the Pentateuch and, you know, the, the Pentateuch wasn't even written until after, you know, the solomon and all this other nonsense that they try to come up with and daniel was written you know 50 years before jesus and their only reason for that one is because <laughs> you know the the prophecies are too accurate so we got to have a different explanation you know like all these things and so like when you start doing that then all the believers are going to leave and so those mainline denominations that were focused more on theology and academics just died um and rightly so um you know i'll kick some dirt on them um, you know, but like the idea of a catechism and, 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 and honestly, when those mainline churches went away from their own catechisms, like the, the Westminster shorter and the Westminster longer, that's when the trouble started is like, they were like, yeah, we don't need the catechism. 
Um, and, and so there's just well, a long history of like this, you know, this pull to these two poles, like you're mentioning. Like you, you're not you're not inaccurate in your mention of that. Yeah. And I guess one is maybe like it, it, another slant to that is like the chicken before the egg or whatever. Um, so it's like if you you know that's fine, but like especially you know I, I guess I'm more familiar with like the like Catholic catechism stuff. Um, but it would be okay. Uh, here's person A. Person A, you come to church. Um, you know something about the afterlife to to get them in the door. Be like you know heaven with our Lord and Mary. Um, they're like okay, sure. I'd like to live forever in with you know heaven uh, in heaven with you know um, as you say. And they're like, how do I do that? It's like okay, come to CDD class. And then it's like all right, here's what you here's what you do. And it's like they just give you a textbook with their, and start walking you through it. And it's like, uh, you, you know, God is one. Jesus is God. It's like, here, memorize this. So I, I guess, does, does that make sense? It's like you're, you're focusing on, like, the hardcore, like, beliefs and, like, committing things to memory before there's any, like, relationship or, you know, like, the, the plan of salvation or anything like that is, like, received. So that's like, uh, you know, if, if Michael wanted to be a Christian tomorrow, he's like, what do I do? It's like, okay, start memorizing this stuff. It's like, what? I, you mean I, I just have to memorize, like, you know, all these Christian talking points and I'm good? Um, versus, like, oh, well, you know, fall on your face before God, repent, and, uh, you know, pray to God to forgive you and save you and all these things and, you know, give you eternal life. Great. Um, now, uh, let's go deeper. So now start learning about this. Um, in your experience, how does that happen? Like, do people just start, like, saying, okay, me start memorizing Christian talking points and, you know, the relationship will come? Or no, like Christian talking points don't mean anything unless you have the relationship. And now that you have the foundation, well, now, now learn more about it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's exactly like any other church. I mean, it's just that we have formalized catechisms, I mean, that are really good. And when we're talking about Westminster, it's like, now, this is not the Chicago statement where I'm like, it's really short, right? <laughs> like, this, is, this is for reals, it's real short, right? Because it's supposed to be memorized. Um, but just, just do a quick Google search for Westminster Shorter Catechism. And you're going to see that, like, they're broken into numbers, right? And so, like, number one, like, me and Kyoto did it yesterday when I said, hey, Kyoto, what is the chief end of man? And he's like, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Like, that's that's the first one, and that's a real easy one. And they just And they go on from there. It's just a systematized way to make sure that a new believer um, or, you know, mainly catechisms are for children, right? These are for kids um, to, to bring up children in a covenant community to teach them the faith. So, like, my son and I are going through the Westminster uh, longer now, uh, or just called the Westminster Catechism. It's not longer. It's just not the shorter. So, um, you know, that one's a bit more complex, right? But... It's, just, it's the same thing. It's just like, hey, you know, Sunday school, like Sunday school in terms of like what that is, is that people were learning how to read because in the 19th century, like people didn't know how to read. Like there was no like school. So Sunday school was literally like teaching children how to read was the point so they could read their scripture. That's what Protestants were doing. And how do you that's see the, that? Like, that's from your, the, from that's your... where Sunday school came from. And how do you see that from your Catholic upbringing? And Steph, by the way, I sent you an invite, so if you can't talk, that's fine. But I, I did send you an invite. Um, but so would you say that's the same for the Catholic Church? Because you were raised Catholic. I wasn't raised Catholic. 
No, um, the Catholic Church is totally nominal. Like the only, t- I never even saw the Catholic Catechism um, until I went to high school, and then it was just like, oh yeah, by the way, this is the Catechism. Like nobody bothered with it. Like I mean, it, like Catholic stuff is so nominal, and what I mean by nominal is like literally no one cares about learning anything about Catholicism. Like when I went to Catholic school, we talked about everything except like Christianity and Catholicism. In our in our like religion classes, we had literal religion classes, and I remember my my freshman year, it was all about theistic evolution. That that was it, you know. Like I mean, in my sophomore, like we never like for instance at my at my Catholic school, which was a very very good Catholic school, was founded by um, Carmelite monks. We never ever opened a Bible in the three years that I was there. Why did you leave? Because I moved to I moved to Florida, but like, oh. yeah, my senior year, my mom moved us to Florida. But um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I know I I very rarely learned a whole lot about actual Catholic doctrine. I knew a lot about Catholic practice, and I knew how to say our Harold Marys and our Our Fathers, you know, and you know, got it that way, and you know. I don't, I was never even confirmed because like, again, it's so nominal that very few people even go through confirmation. Like it just, you know, just isn't a thing. You're just a cultural Catholic at that point. And that, that, oh gosh, I, we've got to start getting off the Catholic stuff. I mean, I did it today, but I mean, is that like, whenever they say confirmation, like that literally means like they, like man, like the church of man people are saying You've done this step, therefore we confirm your place in heaven. Like, here's your ticket. Like, that's what no, they're no, doing, no. right? It's like, just confirming you as a member of the Catholic Church in good standing to do your okay. first communion. Like, confirmation is not anything like that. Confirmation is like, hey, you know, you've gone through the confirmation classes. You know how to say the right words to get confirmed, and now you're a member in full standing of the Catholic Church. So then, that's do all, they have something like? So, so then do they have something like that? Like your ticket in heaven is punched or they don't because they have to go through purgatory and they just well, leave no, it because it's, to God that's or just something? not their doctrine. Like the doctrine has – like confirmation has nothing to do with like your salvation. You know, sacerdotalism is that. So that's not even one of the sacraments. Like confirmation is not even one of the sacraments. But like, you know, baptism is where you get your original sin taken away and you are given whatever. For, just for argument's sake, we'll say you're given 100 units of grace at your baptism. And then every time you do a small venial sin, you get like one unit of grace knocked off. And then every time you do a sacrament, you get like a quarter unit of grace added back on. And so, and how many sacraments are, are there? What are all the sacraments? There's seven God? sacraments in the Catholic Church. Do you know them all? It, I don't know. Off the top of my head, let's see: baptism, uh, communion, or Eucharist. Uh, let's see. Holy Orders, Marriage, uh, Last Rites. But wait, you can, you can only do Last Rites once, and you can only do Baptism once. Right, and, so, you can, and, and most people don't do Holy Orders. Most people don't become priests. So, I mean, you know. So just a whole lot yeah, of... There's also Unction. You've got Unction. Right, well, yeah, Unction is going to be like um, doing penance. So penance is going to be one of the sacraments it's like beating yourself with the flail or something like that it's usually like say three hour fathers like 
forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I, you know, stole a candy bar from the cafeteria today, you know, and then they're like, oh, man, ceiling, that's bad. Um, say six Our Fathers and two Hail Marys. Get back to me tomorrow. That's how that works. And, and by Our Father, they mean like the Lord's Prayer, Our Father? Is yeah, that... literally the Lord's Prayer, and then the Hail Mary, full of grace. So you could just like micro, so you can just like micro machine, like speed, speed pray through that and, and you're good. And that counts. Yeah. And I mean, this is just, these are just regular old Catholics. Then you're going to get like hardcore Catholics. Somebody like Albanian is going to be way more devoted and they're going to mass every day and all these other things. Like, you know, whereas 95% of Catholics are going to be just the way that I grew up completely nominal. You know, you go to mass a couple of times a year. I mean, like the homily, the only homily I remember as a kid um, is we got there and the priest was talking about arriving late and leaving early. That was literally what his homily was about. And I remember my dad being irritated, you know, like, <laughs> the homily. you know, like, who's he to say that I can, that I can't, you know, arrive right at eucharist and leave right afterwards because that's literally the only thing that matters in a service so did they share the uh, communion or the you, you, whatever the, the urn of the wine that everyone cup. like drinks out of yeah did everyone have to drink out of the same cup um it depended on the service and it depends on what mass you go to but um as a kid everybody drank out of the same cup i remember and it was yeah. actual wine it wasn't grape juice so steph good morning just starting with my blood pressure high today is what we're doing <laughs> you know how um there are some calvinists on the app who say that it's divisive and sinful and possibly satan worship to ask people other than true calvinists what calvinists believe i think it's no. funny yeah well there are some calvinists who, who, say that. who are do so, i know them yes and i think it's kind of funny when the calvinists who say that also then give a very poor understanding of their uh view on their view of Catholicism. So oh, I've forgotten more about Catholicism than you will ever know, my friend. Yeah, that's so. cute. Well, to try to be uh, whatever. So, so Steph, what? Um, it didn't sound like Chris said anything like. Um, I, I don't know. It sounded like okay to my ear. Like, what? What do you take issue with? Like the um, no, that's why confession that's what part the or the. Yeah, when you when you have someone who knows a lot of facts but completely lacks any compassion or nuance, then you get into trouble, right? So there are some claims that are like Catholics don't ever crack open their Bible, right? This claim is being made, but like, oh, well, that's just the first one that I noticed. Um, When you're a child attending Catholic school, what are the reasons that children would attend Catholic school, right? There might be um, issues with the public school system. There might be like services that a child with special needs is lacking. So the parents put them in a private school. If you're in certain communities, Catholic school might be your only private school. The Catholic school is there not to give a Catholic education or to crack open Bibles. They're there as a charter school, as a private school, right? So this is not going to be a great representation of Catholicism because it's a non-public alternative education system, not a church. So who cares whether you crack open a Bible in Catholic school? That's not what it's for. So then to make that claim that most Catholics are uneducated is just lacking understanding and nuance. Well, I mean, I guess you heard a more... Or you're copying and pasting your own personal experience. 
Well, like Michael says, you know, your, your personal experience is better. Yes, which includes compassion and nuance. That that's I'm, exactly I'm here, right. <laughs> like Michael says, charitability hat plus however many you need. But I, I guess you heard that in a more uncharitable way. But you know, he did talk about like hardcore Catholics. Like you know, he mentioned Albanian, who seems very very devout. Um, so you know, they are there. But I would have always thought that the purpose of a Catholic school would just be like you know, when someone talks about you know a, a Protestant Christian school, they're like you know, like, oh, they go to this, this Christian school and that Christian school. It's 100% about like Christian education, you know, as well as everything else. I just um, would have thought that like a Catholic school was the same way, but you're saying some are, some aren't, or none are, or it's a whole yeah, different most model. Catholic, yeah, most Catholic schools are not that way, right? So it, it's functioning as a charter school. It's, it's a school that is available to parents outside of the public school system. Um, they're often funded by the Catholic Church, but then have funding from other places. They offer a ton of scholarships to get kids out of public school for whatever reasons. There's a million reasons why a non-Catholic would send their child to a Catholic school. So the purpose of a Catholic private school is going to align more with any private school than it will with the Catholic Church. I think that's doing. Uh, yeah, that's doing just Catholics. that's just materially that's just materially false. I mean, like, I mean that that like that may be the experience in a completely secularized place like New York State, but by and large, even Catholics are going to argue the point that I'm arguing is that it is not just a non-traditional public school where the whole community. I didn't goes. say that. It's just ridiculous. I said to. Uh, claim that your experience at Catholic school represents the experience of a Catholic person. Okay, no, go ahead. A Catholic person. No, I'm saying like every Catholic school was the same way. Holy Cross, like all of them. You went to like, all, of them? all of them? Wow. No, wow. like, but oh, I yeah, interacted with bad. all of them, you know, like, I'm sorry, like, my, I'm sure my, my car audio is bad, but you know, I interacted with a whole bunch of them when I was in sports and stuff. And so we would sit and talk and literally every single experience was the same at right. every so, Chicago, uh, at every Chicagoland public school. So, okay. I mean, okay. now you may have the same experience in New York that it's just a glorified charter school. That's fine. But to say that all Catholic schools are this way, when I'm simply telling you that in Chicagoland, in the narrow experience that I had, and what is the normal experience of every Catholic that you speak to is nominalism, not right. devout worship and oh, going to mass every day. Can you, can you mute? Because you've got a terrible echo. Okay. So again, that's the kind of claim that is incredibly uncharitable and hypocritical. There is zero chill with you guys, huh? No, there's not. She needs to repent. She needs to oh, repent from uh, her uh, horrible, uh, horrible, uh, horrendous uh, behavior. So see, when I ask him to be, Chris, you got to mute. When I ask him to be compassionate, he tells me that I'm an unrepentant non-Christian. Like, I, I just want to make sure that everybody sees that that's the pattern. I'm not asking you to do anything other. I didn't say non-Christian. You're putting words in my mouth, as you do. So oh, what I would say is well, I you need to repent of A, being a false teacher, and B, Oh, so uh, false teachers can be true Christians? Yes. Yes. I have a new, I have idea, a new guys. idea, guys. I'm going to go eat some food while I listen to this and just have it out, and the last one standing wins. Go. I can't, his audio is so bad that every time he unmutes, it's Yeah, the just, audio is awful, Chris. Yeah, I there, can't. You, you have expensive cars. Is this the kind, of, the kind of Bluetooth audio we can expect from nice cars? It didn't used to be like this, Chris. What's, what's happened? 
new uh, Um, okay, now it's quiet. So, Look, like, I fixed the, it. The point is oh, okay. that to to represent a position, any position, so uncharitably, and 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 this goes across. This isn't just Catholicism, right? This is the people who are questioning. It's about the people who are questioning Calvinism on any level. It's about anyone who leaves Calvinism. It's about um, Christians who might be more. Um, uh, charismatic. Th this is not just Catholicism, right? So what I'm listening for are patterns of lack of nuance and uncharitability that that fall right cleanly into cruelty. And that's the kind of thing where it's like, dude, just just stop talking about Catholics because I, you can't. I think that, I'm, I think not that, that I'm not you, done. I'm not done. You'll never be done. I mean, okay, five minutes. Is that good? Okay, thank you. Um, the, the lack of, of charitability across, and I'm not, I'm going to leave. Okay. It's because I don't, I don't have it in me to have this conversation this morning, but yet again, I know I'm like the 30th person on this app to call you on this, but you turn around and say that I need to repent. So the thing is that you, you're consistently uncompassionate and you present arguments like we never cracked open a Bible at Catholic school. So Catholics are uneducated. That's a, that's an uncompassionate, cruel, uneducated position. And and I don't know oh, why it's other people like facts. Oh, I'm oh, sorry that facts oh. disturb your feelings, but that is the fact. And if you talk to nominal Catholics, again, massive amounts of Catholics have ne have never cracked a Bible. I'm sure that I know well more Catholics than you, and I can say that just by the way you behave, right? I mean, like yeah, again, I, I have a better the understanding that, the of fact Catholicism. That you're perfectly okay with people being Roman Catholic and yes. going straight to hell. Okay. Is is cruel. That is the cruel position. Your okay. your false humility and your false compassion is the problem. Okay. See, when and you say false you humility, falsely... again, that's a phrase that started getting tossed around about me, and I know exactly where it started. So now I know who you've been talking to about me in the back channel. I don't. By know. the way, I've never heard I that don't about ever. You from somebody else. I'm just giving it to I you don't straight. ever talk about you. Unless I'm in front of you, just right. keep that in mind next time I that you're messaging other about people about how horrible I am. And they say, "What has been this problem with all the anti-Calvinist rooms?" And I say, "Yes, a couple of people with an axe to grind have lied to a whole bunch of people and given them a whole bunch of quote-unquote facts that are incorrect and are being false teachers." By giving them incorrect facts. So you see the hypocritical nature of what you're doing now about Catholicism and what you're claiming can about you me. you define hypocrite? I don't think you can. What is no, Chris, because I don't have multiple college degrees another. and I've never opened a book. You know, I'm just compared to you. I am just like a doddering, uh, you know, homeless person on the street who just picked up an iPhone has never read anything and knows nothing. That's, oh, that's I know that's accurate. your view of me. Um, so it's really, again, what just a symbol. Right it's a symbol of, yes. What are the three books that you're reading right now? Okay. So Chris, I don't have, no, you know what? I'm not even going okay. to humor that question. That goes right in line with your brand of being cruel and uncharitable. That's my you problem. You're the one who is cruel and uncharitable. You are asking. What three books are you reading? Tell me what three. No, Chris. Systems, but tell me what. That is simply cruel. Shut it up. Cruel. Tell me what three Catholics you're talking to 
that have given you a nuanced understanding that you have listened to and been charitable about? Name three in your uh, entire because life. Roman, because Roman Catholics don't know their own faith. The Roman Catholics that are oh, on this see, app. See, there it is again. You said you didn't make that claim. But now you just made that claim again. But you called me stupid again, for saying you made that claim. But again, no, I didn't right. call you well, stupid. So, that, that's I mean, where again, I end this conversation. You can just keep making these things up in your head. I'm not sure what that's about. But, like, the thing is, is that you are the one who is cruel. You are the one who does not call people to repentance from false systems. You are the one who spreads lies. You are the one who is doing all of these things. Okay? I have been sitting in my own little corner of Clubhouse for the last, you know, whatever, three months... And letting you guys just run wild and keeping my mouth shut here about it, you know, so I don't know, whatever. Hi, Serendip. So, um, well, I mean, I guess Chris is technically the last one standing, but um, for the record, uh, let's see. Let's see if I can split the difference. I've listened to Ido and Albanian. And the last three books I was it currently reading or read, um, none of them are about theology. Uh, the last three books I've read, um, you know, the Bible, that's my daily reading. Don't know if that counts, but, you know, so we'll throw the Bible in there. And then uh, the la other two books would be about um, dragons and zombies and Vikings. Um, so that's my pedigree. Um, Serendipity, welcome. Good morning. Good morning. What's on your mind? This just makes me terribly sad. Ugh. It makes me sad, too. I don't like it. Chris, <clears throat> you know I love you. But shame on you. You've got to stop. Wait, you know, it takes, is this a uh, takes two to tango situation? It, or? it does. It absolutely does take two to tango. And the thing of it is, I'm not saying that either one of them is without fault, but... You guys love each other better than this. And while I get that both of you have some equal accountability in this situation, like you got to stop being so stubborn that you, you can't move and you can't bend. You, you keep compounding it by digging ten toes deep and, and just saying really mean things. You got to stop that. This isn't what we're about. This isn't what our community is about. And until you get ready to, I mean, you both have to come at this situation with a little bit of humility or it's it's not going to get better. And I think you guys both love each other enough that you could do that. I appreciate that, but uh, there just has to be some some tough talk at some point. And she has a lot to answer for and there is no equity here there's like she is hamas i am israel she oh started october 7th <laughs> and now she somehow you know i have equal you know she culpability in the fight that she israel. started yes serendipity i've i've tried I, i've tried and failed so counseling is not my calling um you go ahead <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, I have no doubt. There's, there's absolutely zero doubt in my mind that both of you do not have a servant's heart for the Lord. So when I know unequivocally that that is true about you and that that is true about her, um, 
the rest of this is just toxic. And, you know, God doesn't like men who cause strife, particularly among the brethren. And I just think that you owe it to yourself. Chris, I don't, I just think sometimes you, you don't hear yourself because I, like, I know you and I know your heart and I've seen you be warm and compassionate and, and try to have the conversations with like other Catholics. Like I've seen this side of you. I've seen, I've heard you openly in rooms make statements about the fact that you know, I think for a while I got carried away. I was hung up on the pursuit of the fight and 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 the argument and the doctrine. And I just got really, really used to, to bullying these people. And I, I heard you make the statement. I came under conviction about the fact that, you know, um, I, I got to do better. Like, I've heard you say that. So then when you get up on stage, and I mean, I only heard like the last five minutes of this, but like... You get up on stage and you talk about, you know, oh, the Roman Catholics are all down to hell. <laughs> Hello, Silver Star? Don't be that person. Don't be that person. You're better than that. Yeah, I mean, so, there's not much to say. I'm not saying that all Roman Catholics are damned to hell. I'm saying that the Roman Catholic Church is a false system. And by leaving people in a false system, that is uncompassionate. But I don't think that that's a, I don't think Steph is leading any Roman Catholic services, Chris, and you know it. You're mad. You're glomming on to something. You know, she's, she's showing the same compassion that you know, me and Viri and Lindsay have talked to you about before about, you know, like, oh, ultimately there's going to be believers that come out of every faith. And the best thing that we can do is try to, you know, teach each other, share with each other, but always with, always with humility and meekness. The minute the minute that you go to a fellow brethren, somebody who is a Christ-believing believer that believes that he died on the cross and that the only way to heaven is through faith in Jesus Christ, and you are condemning them to hell, we're causing strife among brethren, and we're going to answer for that. Like, we're supposed to handle each other with humility and meekness. Always. That's always got to be what comes first. Again, I don't disagree. I didn't start this fight. I am not the one who started this fight. I know, but I think that it it, it takes two to start it, and it's going to take two to end it. And I just feel like you're digging in. I mean, I was not the one who dug in. I tried to extend an olive branch. That olive branch has been rejected because somebody believes that they have done absolutely nothing wrong. So... I just hate it because I love you both. I like them both too. Um, yeah, we're, we're trying to figure out the shared custody so I can I can get both of their uh, <laughs> insight and wisdom, but apparently at different times. So um, it's like reverse shared custody. Like, how does that work? Like, don't you hate it when mom and dad fight? Ah. 
Oh, yeah. When, when they say, oh, if mommy and daddy split up, it's totally not your fault. Like, yeah, this one's all you kids. It is totally what? your fault. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Stop fighting, mom. <laughs> <laughs> but now you get two Christmases. I don't want two Christmases. <laughs> all right, you guys are making me sad. Is there something happy to talk about? Um, let's see. Yeah, I mean, we we can talk all about all kinds of stuff. Um, have you been have you been following any of this? Um, oh, the tunnels this, in New York. The what? Oh, what yeah. Were you gonna say? No, I oh, well, I mean I want, that's a better one than I that. was gonna say. But yeah, okay, the, so the, here's the what tunnels I know. in New York, bro. What okay, is that about? So, I hope I hope you're about to know because all I know is I started seeing hilarious memes about people kicking in a rock on the sidewalk in New York and it falls through and there's like whole underground secret rooms of people like like hanging out and stuff like the, the memes have been hilarious um, but that's all I know like I can't really find any legitimate information on it so um, yeah that's all I know and then something about it was like it was traced back to like uh, Jewish people too so like there's there's one hand that's like, you know, there, there's all these secret tunnels under New York where there's like satanic sacrifices and covens and all this other crazy stuff. But I guess this is this new one about Jewish people, how there's like an underground synagogue. Are they? That's yeah. all I know. That's my whole knowledge okay. base. What, so, what's going on? So what's going on is during COVID, the um, let's see, the SF in New York. Um, we're not allowing people um, to meet specifically Jews in um, synagogue. And so they decided to dig tunnels <laughs> underneath New York to get to their synagogue <laughs> to avoid the SS. That is the whole deal. And so, yeah, that, that was where that came from. And then, they, then, then the way they got found out is I guess they, they dug like too close to somebody's actual house. <laughs> And they were like, we've been hearing voices coming from inside our own house. Oh, my gosh. And they didn't know what that was. <laughs> then they investigated and found this entire network of tunnels underneath New York. Now, it's not a huge part of New York, but, like, all these places. And it's the main Orthodox Jewish synagogue um, or just headquarters. I don't know if it's a full synagogue. Um, again, the details are scant. But, yeah. And then the cops showed up to, like, pour concrete back into the tunnels to fill the tunnels in and then there was like people like flipping out and yeah like the video is wild that is hilarious and so like in the span of covid they were able to like tunnel under entire neighborhoods like do they have like construction equipment or is this like prison break or yeah i mean I, as far as i know i think it has to do with like you know, COVID and stuff. And, you know, so they're like the COVID cold warriors, man. I'm like, I'm, I'm here for it. Like, Hey, you're not going to let us go to synagogue. We're just going to build tunnels and you're not going to, you know, you're not going to ask me for my papers on the street. You know, that is awesome. <laughs> what was the thing you were going to talk about? Oh, there's this whole like modesty battle on uh, Twitter right now. That's pretty interesting. Cause like oh, there was okay. this, um, there was this calendar that came out. I, I, uh, like the details are, are super silly, but like, yeah. So that's been going on. I don't know. There's like all manner of stuff going on. Um, 
Oh, Michael Brown dipped out of the next American Gospel. He was they they did ten hours of interviews with. I don't know if you know who Michael Brown is, but of course, um, yeah. So he's like he's like one of two um, Pentecostal PhDs that have like real, not like crackerjack PhDs, but like have real PhDs. He's like one of two that they have. And, um, he's always like best buds and best friends with like the wackiest of wacky people like cat Kerr. Like he has cat Kerr all the time and he's talking to her. Like, you know, the lady with pink hair who goes to heaven. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do know yeah. that one. You do know that one. Uh, he's like best buds with her and like has her on his shows and stuff like that. And so, you know, he finally realized like American gospel is going to be calling him out on like, why are you supporting weirdos? And uh, I guess he didn't. <laughs> so, so the third, there's a third American gospel about to come out or being made. It's going to be a TV series. So there's going to be like multiple episodes of it. So it should be pretty good. Gee, how much more stuff can they go through? I mean, how many new heresies have you learned about just in the last two months? Just being here. Okay, fair point. <laughs> there's like, there's just an endless like you know content generation. Um. Okay. Full disclosure. After this, I'm gonna get on Discord and tell Steph I'm sorry that Chris sucks. That's fine, bro. <laughs> I get it. Like it's, it is very hard. Like not, not it, for some reason, it's like easier for people to say like, you know, heresies and, and like terrible stuff about God or my religion or whatever. Um, and to just like kind of gently be like, okay, well, look, I pray for your soul. I don't want you to be damned to hell for all eternity and be the devil's puppet. So, you know, please come back to Jesus. It's a lot easier for me to take that approach um, on like spiritual things. I, I don't know why. Um, than it is for, because I certainly have that side. Like in my, like politics, like I, I could get, I, I have a harder time keeping composure because, um, well, just because. And then also like in my neighborhood, there are these, like it's in this like pretty good sized community and they're on the shared Facebook page. So like there's a couple people who are just, oh my gosh. I don't know if they're trolls or if they're really that ignorant. I, I think they're ignorant. Like, there's different things. Like, you know, the community wants to do in our HOA, which I will never live in HOA again, probably. Um, but these people, it's like they start the biggest ruckus. And, like, I'll say one small point on a thread. And they're like, Nate wants to do this. Nate's done, la, 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 la. And, dude, it's, like, become, like, slender and, like, straight up, like, harassment. It's like, they're, like, like they've got to be, like, stalking me, like, looking at my windows or something. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, it is so hard. Like, I'll try to go back. I tried to reason with him. I tried to be like, no, no. Like, let me just explain. Here's the facts, like objectively. Like, here's the words on the paper. And this is what I said. And do you see now how you're confusing the two? And blah, blah, blah. Like, no, you're doing this. Or, well, to my face, they're like, oh, I understand. Thanks for sharing that. But then they'll get on Facebook. He's doing this. It's even worse. He tried to censor me. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, oh, oh my gosh, be glad I'm not in a position of power. It's like, he wants to be a dictator. I'm like, you better be glad I'm not. Um, but I'm like, wow, I get it to some extent. Like, it is really hard dealing with people who are ridiculous. Um, anyway, so I'm not, uh, I, I'm not immune to uh, your struggles. Um, it's very difficult. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, again, 
I can get bent out of shape and say some stuff, but at the end of the day, like the only resolution for this is going to be, you know, if she wants to have a real conversation where she's going to come hat in hand and repent of like a bunch of the stuff that's gone on over the last three months, you know, we can do that. And I'm more than happy to extend grace. It's when I get, I didn't do anything wrong back when asking for repentance for that stuff that we have problems. And oh, that's I'm all. not, yeah, I'm not even trying to get you guys to make up. I'm, I'm just, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, at this point, I guess I'll just have to take you separately and, you know, hope that, you know, you guys both get to heaven and then it's, it's Jesus's problem. He can, he can work it out with you guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that, and that's fine with me, you know? And, and the thing is, is like, I'm more than happy to reconcile and I'm more than happy to extend that olive branch as much as I can. Um, but there does have to be some reciprocity to that. Like I'm not the bad guy here. And I think that, uh, like you you're 100% not the bad guy or you're like 60% not the bad guy. I'm like 90% not the bad guy. I was not the aggressor <laughs> in the situation. Like the, the situation was not started by me. Um, I did not participate in the situation I and mean, it wasn't against me at all. It was just against, it was against like Christians, like, and at the end of the day, you know, like there have been tons of people who have told me that they have gone, um, to Steph and said, Hey, like, this is some bad behavior that we noticed. Like, you really need to think about this. And then she, you know, when it's not me, then she's like, yeah, I really do need to think about my role in the situation and what's going on with Sam and Cherry and all this other stuff. Um, but you know, there, there's like a whole, there's a relationship thing there that if she does that and she admits that she's wrong, then she's literally going to make all the enemies overnight that the rest of us have at this point. And I don't, I don't, I don't care to call anybody my enemy, but like they are calling me an enemy of the gospel and Jesus and the church and all this stuff. And, you know, and they're, they're rabid about it. And again, I, I, I don't, you know, first of all, like no one ever said Steph wasn't a Christian. Steph has been doing some impertinent things and, you know, as we all do. And all I'm asking for is like taking some responsibility for that. And if she, and you know, and if a couple of years down the road, she figures out like, Hey, wow, maybe I did have a lot of responsibility for that. You know, I'm happy to extend that olive branch and, you know, we can reconcile, but until then, like I, you know, I don't really have much to say. And, and I am not going to go easy on Roman Catholics because I think that, you know, Roman Catholics have a false system um, just like Mormons do, just like, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses do. It's the same thing. It's just a different well, system. I think, well, well, I think we, I, I mean, I think we actually agree a lot on that. We just have different ways of doing it. Like, uh, you know, when I, when I would get in like the, um, I finally just like threw my hands up on, on um, Discord when I was talking to some of the, you know, hardcore Catholic apologists. And it's like, I just got the feeling and this is, I guess, me being uncharitable, calling it how it is. But you know, I'm like, your, your indoctrination won't let you, um, won't let you see these simple points. And it's just like the the leaps they go through. Like, if I had to make, and you know, I'm sure people like you know atheists or whatever will accuse me of doing the same thing. But I, I mean, I really, I can't think of any off the off the bat. But I really try to keep my my logic and my my reasoning like very very simple because the gospel is very very simple. Um, it's like, do you believe in a God? Yes. Do you believe Jesus? Yes. I believe the testimony. I believe this like spiritual uh, realization. That is my reason for believing in Jesus, in this God who created everything. And I believe the eyewitness testimony, the accounts of his life, his miracles, his resurrection. I believe that, you know, it is a gift. 
that we can have eternal life if you believe that, pray to Jesus to save you, forgive you, and give you eternal life, make you born again. That's it. So it's not a whole lot of extrapolation. Like, I really have to make this fit, so I have to weave this web, and then I have to, like, weave this other web and connect it because it's so far away. But talking to some of these people, I, I just get the sense that that's exactly what they're doing. And I really believe them that they believe that. And it's like just the fact that you can't see that and I can't ask questions to make you see that. It's like you're, you're too far gone short of like divine intervention. But anyways, that comes out as, you know, perhaps you were abrasive. And I'm like, OK, look, man, repent, believe the gospel. I, don't, I, I, I hope God has grace in you. I don't know how far that grace extends, but, you know. I hope the best for you, um, where you may say something like, I don't know, to start the next holy war. <laughs> like, you're stupid, or I don't know, read a book. Right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because, you know, Andrew R., right? Like, the dude who uh, runs yeah. all the atheist rooms. Like, he got mad and came to the to the Calvinist corner and was, like, talking to, to Lee about, like, well, you know, Chris and Jesse have been rude and saying, read this book. And it's like, we've been asking him to read one specific book, not like, hey, read a book, like, you know, as a pejorative, but like, hey, there's this book called Love, Freedom, and Evil. It's literally 150 pages long. You can finish it in a long weekend. Can you? And you want to keep having the exact discussion that this book handles very, very succinctly, very, very quickly, and very, very well. Can you read this book so we can all be on the same page? And then he gets mad when... Essentially, we were like, dude, we're not going to have the conversation with you until you read the book. Like, we're just not. And then he's like, well, but, uh, you know, I, I just want you guys to feed it to me. And I'm like, you're not a baby bird. Right. <laughs> so, like, so, like, you know, I mean, there's there's been that whole discussion. And, you know, it's not a lot of times when we're saying, you know, there are some really good books on this subject. It's not that we're trying to talk down to people or it's like, oh, I've read more books than you. It's like, look, you know. I've educated myself on a lot of these topics. And if we're going to have a discussion about a lot of these topics, then let's have an intelligent discussion with facts. Um, you know, the, the fact that most Catholics never crack a Bible is just not in dispute. Most Catholics will tell you that they've never cracked a Bible. The, the thousand people that are converts from Catholicism in my church alone will literally tell you they never cracked a Bible. Like, I mean, I'm, just I mean, didn't I even refer to them. I mean, I usually don't bring it up in exact that exactly that context, but I mean, you know, in my antidotal experience, um, that's exactly what I've observed. Like all the times I use, you know, like my Catholic neighbors where I live as as a, you know, talking points. That's exactly it. It's like you know, all of them. Like, uh, well, I, I mean, of of the ones who call themselves Catholics, like all of them. I don't know, probably like fifty around here um, will say. They're like, oh, I'm Catholic. Oh, I'm like, yeah, I'm like super Catholic. Like uh, one of them asked me once when I first met them, they're like, are you, are you religious? Because um, that's not apparently known with my, I guess the way I look. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. like, yeah, man, I'm a Christian. I'm like, how about you? He's like, oh, yeah, man, big Catholic, big Catholic. I'm like, okay, cool, I'm sure. Um, you know, it was at a kid's party, so like we're, we're not having like a religious conversation. Um, it just kind of came up real quick, something about – um. They said a prayer or something like that at the at the birthday, and and then he asked me. I guess not wanting to offend me that you know I want to make sure I was cool with praying. I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm, 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 our, I'm like, it's okay to pray. He was like, Fine. yeah, man, big Catholic. He was very enthusiastic, and um, then I, I kept seeing him around, and every time I would, which you know, I I mean, I like my IPAs. I like to you know drink some alcohol and you know 
try not to cross that threshold of sin. Um, but uh, anyway, I, you know, I typically, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't swear or, you know, like just have like, you know, I, I try to take seriously the, um, the Bible that, you know, let no unclean communication come from your mouth. So, you know, about, uh, about the worst I do is like um, uh, snarky. Like, like if someone really irritates me, I'll like, you know, give them some snark. That, that's about as far as I usually go. I'm not perfect, um, but but that's kind of it. So like when I'm hanging out like uh, with these people, like, you know, I'm not participating in the, just the vile crap they are. Anyway, this dude does. So, you know, he's like completely, you know, like drunk, swung up the storm, all this other stuff. So I, I don't know what else I'm trying to say, except very, very not what you would call someone devout. Um, and, and that's just like a good example, because like all the other Catholics I met too in my in my neighborhood, they kind of follow the same thing. It's, I'm I'm just like not like hey, or the topic of religion, and they're just like, oh, I'm Catholic. You know, I go to church twice a year. But they really lead with, oh man, yes, I am Catholic. Like yes, I am Catholic all the way. And then I, I ask them follow up questions, and turns out they go to church like twice a year. <laughs> um, sure. So, so it kind of bears itself out. So I'm sure, like, you know, you get like Albanian and Edo. I'm just kidding. Like, he's Catholic. Sure, he's Catholic. <laughs> Whatever. It's close enough. But, but I mean, you know, these guys are very devout. And, I mean, there has to be more like them somewhere. Um, I just don't know them in my personal life. So in my personal life, I, I don't know any of, you know, my Catholic neighbors who I would say are – devout i.e. cracks open a bible reads it does what it says and yeah like i mean but and that and that could be said not just for catholics but all kinds of people well lots of evangelicals too probably Christ. yeah of course the, the, but like when i'm talking about like your average nominal roman catholic does not crack a bible like there's there's actual like studies to back that up like, it's not just, like, I'm making this stuff up. Like, you can go, there's Barna studies of just Roman Catholics who, you know, are in certain age demographics and how often they read the Bible. And there's, like, Bible reading statistics out there. You know, and, and look, evangelicals are abysmal as well, okay? It is not just a Roman Catholic problem. Um, evangelicals, by and large, don't read the Bible. Like, it, they just don't. And... You know, now they may have Bible studies or participate in Bible studies, but daily Bible reading, no. Like, a lot, most people have problems with that. Um, but the fact that, like, when I'm talking with even like Catholic apologists, and I will be reading something straight from the Scripture, and then I get a mocking of what that would have just been read. And they're like, what kind of Protestant nonsense did you just read us? Is that from one of the Protestant confessions? And it's literally the Apostle Paul. Like, that's happened to me on more than one occasion. Okay, this is what I'm talking about. Like, you know, I think your average evangelical who's not just totally nominal, who, you know, goes to church once a month or whatever at a, you know, big Eva church, they're going to have a little bit more familiarity than when you read a portion of Romans 9 and you get what kind of protestant reformed nonsense is that you know is that from the westminster confession it's like no it's literally rome the book of romans you know like you yeah. know i th maybe a reason is they have too much material to work with like for you know for protestants it's typically you know we have the bible um crazy so we have more time to read the bible um but they have you know 
the Bible, sure, that's a thing. But then they have lots of like traditions and you know church fathers to read. So I mean, maybe I mean that that's logical, right? Like you, if you just have so much material so much to material. cover, and the Bible is only part of that material versus someone whose only material is the Bible, I guess it, it's just math, right? I was like math. You just have less time to read, to read. the Bible. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, like I, I there's there's a a Roman Catholic apologist, or maybe they're Eastern Orthodox, an Apostolic apologist that's like, yeah. I'm just started reading, you know, such and such a church father and, you know, I'm working my way through that. And I'm just like, awesome, dude. How much of the Bible have you read? Like none. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Like they don't care. They just, they're, they're there to read the church fathers. The Bible to them is just a mysterious document that cannot be understood outside of the, the light of whatever, you know, church father that they've been spoon fed that week or whatever their liturgy says. This is the problem. It's funny when you say that, Chris, because... Uh, I asked uh, an Anglican brother who's a pastor, and he was telling me about the different kinds of stools. And when he said that the, the Catholic Church put the church, then tradition, and finally the Bible. That's how they, they, theirs work. And I was like, how did the Bible come third? <laughs> Over, I think they... Is that like one of the things where they uh, they say like they would say it's equal with the Bible, but really it's it's more like what you said. It's behind the Bible. Like they would say it's on par with the Bible, but really it doesn't seem that way. No, it's not on par because. No, no, uh, they would say it's on no. par. You, you uh -huh. get what I'm saying, right? They would yeah, say it's on par, but it's really not on par. Well, let's look at this. Okay. The church, we understand, is the body of Christ. But the Bible is the word of God. And tradition is a far, far third in my book. Because guess what? Have you ever read in the Bible uh, you are going to, you, you have communion every first Sunday of, of the month? You ever read nope. that? Nope. Okay. All right. Well, in a lot of churches... First Sunday is Communion Sunday. All right. But the scripture says, as often as you take it, you do it in remembrance of Christ. So if we're if, if that be the case, we can literally take communion every day and and as long as we're doing it in the right way. In other words, we don't you were talking about unconfessed sin earlier. Well, the Bible says in First uh, John one nine, that we, if we would confess our sins to the Lord, uh, to the Lord, He said to everybody else, then we we will. We, he is quick to forgive us our sin, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That's what it says. First John one nine. So, if we understand there's always something to repent about, we can't name them all, as you stated earlier, no. Because I know I done said or thought too, mu too much that was not like Christ down through the years, even during my saved tears, and that's 30 years. So, if I know that I can't, <laughs> I don't know everything I've done. I don't even have, I, I, I don't know everything I've done, said or thought. But I do understand that there's always something to repent about. Always something. 
So that's, but I'm not going to try to go in depth and deep in the depths of house unless I just did a few, a few moments ago or about an hour ago. <laughs> you know, say, Lord, forgive me for that. As you say that, I'm just like scrolling through Facebook and uh, there's a thing from, apparently it's a tweet from Pope Francis. Um, I mean, the whole thing is, but we don't worship Mary. It's like a, you know, one of those things. It's like uh, they totally venerate, but don't worship. If that's a real tweet, though, it's like Mary is not only the bridge joining us to God. She is more. She is the road that God traveled to reach us and the road that we must travel in order to reach him. I mean, if that's a real tweet, then come on, man. Come on. <laughs> oh, funny meme if I can get it on here. Anyways, um, yeah. Brother, you have anything to say? Uh, Mr. Bill, I don't think anyone's Catholic here. That, that's been the discussion for like a month, though. So like it's, it's been a, a pretty hot topic for like a month. <laughs> Someone's selling the Ten Commandments. Uh, Chris, you still there? Yeah, I'm on the phone. Give me a minute. Well, so what's up, Sean? Are you home or are you traveling? Traveling, traveling. <laughs> I'm traveling. I'm traveling. Uh, heading to North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina. You gonna get some barbecue while you're there? I don't know. We might, baby. They want to know if we gonna get some barbecue in North in North Carolina. She says she don't know where the barbecue at is in North in North Carolina. Well, probably everywhere. If it ain't by, you know. <laughs> Type it into your phone. I bet there's some right off the interstate. We gotta put a we gotta get we gotta put a whole fifty three foot trailer with the truck into the uh getting into the parking lot. That's gonna be a trip. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, hey, where there's a will, there's a way. They say. <laughs> Bro, yeah. I'm like trying to call this warranty into this uh, HP, and like they keep hanging up on me by accident, and I'm just like. And then they'll call me right back, and they're like, hey, here they go. They're calling me back yeah. again. This is the third time. <laughs> uh, let's see. FJ says, are you trying to imply the suffering and death of the Lord Jesus Christ gives us a license to break the Ten Commandments? And I guess that was to whoever asked the question. But since no one else is talking, I wouldn't say it gives you license to break them. But I'd say, undoubtedly, when you do break them, like I don't think anyone's going to go their entire life and not um, – I don't know what bear false witness or I don't know, covet something or whatever. Um, but when you do break them, we have an advocate with the father, but it, it's not a license to sin, but you will sin. What's up logical. How's it going? Are you speaking? 
if you find that mute button, just let us know and jump in. Well, Sean, I guess back to you and your trailer. Yeah, wow. So they hung up again. Let's see if they call back again. <laughs> this has been pretty amazing. Oh, logical is Catholic, he says. If only he were speaking. If oh, he could speak, oh well. jump in. I mean, I'm trying to get off the Catholic topic because it's been, I mean, that's all, all people have been focusing on, well, that in your war. Uh, for like a month and like I, I just don't see it like it's it's like look i mean you're they're obviously catholic for a reason they believe it i'm i obviously believe what i believe for a reason i believe it um so if if you know explanations and points made are not enough to convince someone of something then then you know, move on move on yeah and you know whatever happens happens like ultimately like you know in anyone um god is all of our judge so you know you better be really confident in whatever you believe. So, um, you know, for me, I am confident, uh, you know, in what I believe about Jesus and everything in this relationship. So I'm good. Um, if everyone else says they're just as good in whatever they believe, all right, I've done my part. I've told you what I think and, you know, take it or don't. Yeah, I did uh, like your meme, though. Oh, which one was that? Was the um, neither confounding the persons nor dividing the essence the KFC <laughs> Pizza Hut and Taco Bell, but then somebody else is like, "That's the unholy trinity." It's pretty fantastic. I mean, it sounds pretty good to me. Like I, I've never seen a three a three in one, but I, I mean, we we have like KFCs and Taco Bells all over the place, but I've never seen or I've seen like um like Pizza Hut and a Taco Bell, but I've never seen all three together. Yeah, I think it's because Pepsi is like the parent company of all three of those fast food and joints. Like is that the case? The parent company of all those. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. All I know is I love my soda stream. I'm not giving up my soda stream. That thing is awesome. Does it taste like I'm, soda at all? Like traditional soda, like Pepsi or anything? You like can that? get Pepsi. Like you can get Pepsi syrup and put the Pepsi syrup in the soda stream, and it's a Pepsi. Um, I mean, I don't like Pepsi. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of those types of sodas you can get. But I normally just, I like the I like the fizzy water with like, you know, bubbly and LaCroix and all that stuff. So you can get bubbly drops. And so you put um, like a couple milliliters of bubbly drops into this, like concentrate into the soda stream and then just like not shake it up, but just, you know, mix it. And it's, it's bubbly. And so we go through about five liters of bubbly a day at this point <laughs> for, so for three people. Get, like remotely healthy or at least not harmful or is it like full of sugar and chemicals and stuff or. No, it's like, there's nothing. I mean, it's just water and CO2. So like that's, that's the base. And then, um, yeah, I mean, and then you're just adding the bubbly drops, which have no sugar in them. So it's just an essence. Is it like fake so sugar or anything? No, it's not. It's like, it's just, have you ever seen, have you ever seen bubbly or like LaCroix or anything? Like they're like zero calorie, but they. Yeah, I hate that stuff. It's awful. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, it's an acquired taste. Like, so once you start like drinking, kind of a drink taste, a case. But not really. Drink a case of LaCroix, then get a soda stream and it will change your life. It'll be great. You'll get totally off the soda. 
but it's a nice fizzy water and it's good. And I will sit there and I, yeah, I drink like three or four liters a day myself of that stuff. Cause it's just water at the end of the day. I don't know if God made water, water, you go adding to it. I don't know. Sounds, sounds bad. Yeah, it probably is. I'm probably going to die. Oy. Um, yeah. Well, I got to get back on this HP warranty. Yeah, I think my time is done. That, uh, <clears throat> that went a lot rougher than I thought it was going to go. Like, um, I, I did not expect uh, you to take so many hits right off the gate about uh, what you said about Catholics. I mean, I thought... Uh, I thought, well, yeah, obviously he thinks there's issues with it, um, and it wasn't super charitable, but I mean, I didn't think it was necessarily fighting words. I mean, I thought, well, hey, I disagree because would perhaps have been warranted, but I, I was I mean, not expecting that level, so I guess... Um, yeah, I was just we'll giving just have personal to, experience, and that's how that worked out, so... So I guess I'll just have to talk to you two independently. I suppose so. Well, all right, everyone, have an awesome day, and... Uh, I guess we'll see you later. All right. See you later. Take care.